What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Crypto Cronies podcast with your hosts, Jonathan Downing, Trace Armento, Chris, and Alex. Um, today, we're going to be talking about, obviously, current events. Uh, we've got a couple new segments for you guys, <clears throat> and I think we're going to start off with Alex naming today's prices. Yep. So Bitcoin is currently sitting at 16300 um, Ethereum hanging out around 1100 1200 range depending on the hour it's obviously not great but could be worse still in the yeah still in the, the tank yeah <laughs> great buying opportunities bye 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 black friday sale it's the black and how's friday everybody back yeah it is a black friday sale you're right thanksgiving um, is technically like soon tomorrow yeah yeah yeah, I think um, it'll be passed once this episode has been released, yeah, but right. um, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and got super <laughs> full with all their family. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of family, our, uh, our gentleman Alex over here, he uh, just brought in a new little family member. Um, yeah, little one. Congrats, and dude. First little one. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Sleepless nights. Pint. Yeah, little little hodler. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been cool. Um, Mind-blowing, life-altering, all the feelings on the spectrum. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been great so far. She's a she's a little cutie patootie, and yeah, I've been ripping from, around. Yeah, well, the finance been... channel while she sleeps, like in the background. Yeah, so she <laughs> yeah, just, and, just yeah. yeah. And got like a squawk box and and Jim Cramer on in the background while she sleeps, just absorb all the all the market <laughs> knowledge. Starting starting her training from day one. I've been ripping yeah, around. That's uh, what I hear when, the, when the brain's still moist. <laughs> yeah, set the tone from day one, and then then sprinkling like episodes of uh, Succession and Yellowstone. Like, this you saw she has a little bit a little bit of edge to her. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, that's smart. Yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, a learning filled week so far. So yeah, well, congrats, yeah. dude. Thanks. Trey, yeah. I've been ripping around Charlotte on the e-bike, and I keep telling Alex, like, dude, this would change your whole entire life down here. Like, this is sweet. I got around the whole city really quick. He's like, no, nah, dude, I got to buy diapers now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No e-bike Well, you work from home, right, Alex? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So it's no real reason to leave out. Yeah. The days, the the days e of, of fun, like fun purchases are, is over. So it's uh, no more uh, <laughs> buying things on a whim. Oh, yeah, I'll get like a two grand bike no, no big deal you'll you'll buy it for her when she's of age for it so and then ride it. ride it yeah yeah, yeah there you go all right like, let's hop into some current events that's alex's current event yeah what's I, going uh, on cool. i just saw that um core scientific posted a 400 million dollar quarterly loss uh this Holy past quarter crap. Yeah, I'm googling course. Four hundred dollar. the largest publicly traded mining company. Bitcoin like massive. Company. They're huge. Oh no. Name. Uh, uh, so com I think Compute North was maybe the largest. Who? I, I before one of the largest. I guess I, I don't know how you could you can measure them in different ways, but Compute North was recently went is going through bankruptcy. I saw that. Filings. Too, yeah. yeah, but uh, course. Okay, yeah, course scientific. That's that's a uh, huge. It's another big big player. 
Yeah. Yikes. So that's Unforgiving just bear more, more fuel to the fire in a sense. Yeah. Um, I also see here that just more stuff coming out about FTX and just how they, they ran that whole, what appears to be shit show now. Um, they, they described it as a personal fife dom. I had to look up that word, but basically just like ruling over our key, like army in a sense, or yeah. just not great place. Um, which I thought that was pretty interesting. Seems like it's still crashing and burning. It's like it's like a never-ending circus. Just all the stuff you read now unfolding. It's, I, it's like so much you can't even like fact check it. It's just like I, his parents bought a hundred million dollars worth of real estate in Bahamas. And I saw that. This and that. I'm just yeah. like, I. This is so crazy that I don't. Yeah, I don't. They just stole a bunch of people's money. Yeah, yeah. Ran with but, it. I don't. Then so like all the he's gonna have the stuff. He's going to have to, obviously, he's in a lawsuit right now with all that stuff, right? For, like, fraud and everything else? To say the least, yes. Yeah. yeah. But he was funding a lot of, you know, political party stuff. So we'll see how much in trouble he actually gets. Yeah. It's mm, just, like, like, it runs in so many different directions. Of he was how... interconnected. Yeah. With some stuff. Yeah. Also, so... I'm sure there'll be a Netflix documentary about it in like three months. So I was about to say, who's <laughs> yeah. going to get it first, Hulu or Netflix? Yeah. Oh, you know, Netflix is going to shell out for yeah. it. Hop on it. Yeah. And what's cool is that uh, Michael Lewis, who did Moneyball and Big Short, um, he was embedded with uh, Stan Bankman Freed for like six months or something like that. And apparently, before all this happened, and he's already shopping around like the movie deal. So I think that'll be that's insane the timing on that. So I'm sure there'll be an epic book and, and movie to follow from him. Well, uh, what I I just saw, speaking of like just short, like, or just documentaries that have came out like in a nick of time, I saw that there's already a documentary on that Gabby Propella girl or whatever, the girl that got killed by her boyfriend and like they were in van life or whatever. Oh, wow. Remember that story? Like, yeah, over the summer. Ago. Yeah, they around. already uh, have Trinetti, a documentary. Like, yeah, I can't, I butchered her last name for sure, but, um, yeah, I just saw it on, I don't know if it was Hulu or Netflix the other day and was like, holy hell, they're working fast. Like, <laughs> we got to capitalize on this family's yeah. misfortune. Get it now. Fuck. It's crazy. <laughs> um, on some lighter news, and I just had a quick question real quick while we're on the current events. I see that Litecoin surges 43% to a six-month high, which is not Ooh, bad I think news. I have some um. There you go. But what do you do? Either of you guys know what a pre having rally is? Halving, having rally? I'm, I'm assuming it's just pure assumption is that. So Chris and I talked about it a little bit last episode of um, price spikes usually happen around or after the having events. And so people to not miss and people who know that or also, you know, believe in it. Um, will hop in and buy that crypto before that happening event so they can ride the upside gotcha. like with gotcha, bitcoin gotcha. a year after the having is usually a new all-time high just yeah. based on the last 13 um that's kind of how it's worked out so mm -hmm. <clears throat> and a having is what again exactly 
Yeah, Alex, I remember you explained that on our podcast the last time um, on the Dropcast. But if you can go over that again, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So right now, um, it, it's high level. It's um, the rewards that the miners, little mining computers, they run the network. And they are rewarded in Bitcoin or in whatever, whichever crypto. Um, and it's a set amount of crypto, you know, every 10 minutes, every time a block is, is found. Um, and as an anti-inflationary mechanism in, in the whole network uh, or technology behind the crypto, is that that every four years or however, whatever the time period for whichever crypto we're talking about, um, that reward gets cut in half. And so thus it, it is lessening the reward for the miners, but uh, the costs stay the same. So um, it often drives, lowers the supply, the demand is the same and or higher, and that drives the price up. Um, so right now, like, so right now, every 10 minutes, there's 6.25 Bitcoin that get released into the network and, and uh, rewarded to one of the miners in the world that's running the, the, uh, Bitcoin hashing algorithm. Um, so the next halving that gets cut in half. So then there's like 3.1, whatever, that's going to start getting rewarded to the miners every 10 minutes. And so it keeps lessening every four years for Bitcoin. Um, and I think the last Bitcoin, mineable Bitcoin is going to happen in, you know, the year 21 something. Um, and then at that time, it'll just switch to network transaction fees. So and I do remember you talking about this on our podcast and yeah. I just wanted you to reiterate that, which is, yeah. uh, it's really interesting and a, a little bit of information that I didn't know before our podcast that we had you on. So mm -hmm. super cool. Just wanted to note too, on this article I sent you guys, I don't know why, but the picture that they use for it is just a dude doing a jump on a dirt bike and completely unrelated. <laughs> I, to, I just like, saw <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, Trey, I thought that was too. one of your pictures that you edited, and you were no. like, look at this new picture, yeah. and I'm like, we're podcasting, Trey, you don't have to that. Then I scrolled up, and it was, that, your, it was the article. That's the full article, and it's just a picture of a dude doing a jump on a dirt bike. Mm -hmm. Dude, they're I, rallying, it's, baby. It's surging. It's jumping up. <laughs> whenever, now. whenever that happens, selling machines gets, like, very difficult, because we have all these prices listed, and then... The, the surge happens like overnight or something and you wake up and there's a bunch of orders and you're like, uh, everything costs twice as much now. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you really it's have awful. to be on the ball about, yeah, of it. It's, are you talking about the happening or are you talking about some sort of rally such as that? Just like the Litecoin rally. Like when that happened, I think it was two weeks ago or unless it's very recent, but, um, Yeah we had a bunch of inquiries for the machines and they had already started going up thousands of dollars um, from the resellers in Hong Kong mm -hmm. that distribute to the U S. So yeah. So like to put it simply, like if, if you know, Litecoin say a Litecoin miner costs $10,000 and then overnight, if Litecoin, the crypto doubles in value, then that same miner could be worth $20,000 the next day. And so you have all these orders and like during these like, high volatile these really volatile times where it, the price quotes from these vendors last like 24 hours sometimes or like less and you have to like yeah. pay right away so it's like yeah it's a it's almost like that would be you know that would be like a, a branch of a company in itself as being like somebody who's just on top of those current events that can make sure that they can buy and order those those miners 
mm-hmm. when they come. I mean, like, you know, you see um, like logistics standpoints of people being like trying to figure out how they can do shipping and trading in companies or like packaging or something like that. So I feel like that would be like its own um, place in a company. Just trying to yeah, figure out how yeah. you can. Definitely could be. Oh, it's, yeah. it's similar to like following like, in, in, yeah, it's similar to like following inflation of like a product. Let's say you're a, whatever, a water bottle company and you need to have mm-hmm. your bottles ordered and you're tracking the inflation. Like you want to lock in a set price when the price is the lowest, you know? So same with crypto mm-hmm. in that yeah. sense of time and in the market. In. Yeah. And you can lock in futures pricing. Um, but, you know, like we said, it's it's still subject to, to the volatility of the market um, mm-hmm. to be on the good side or bad side of that if you do lock in prices. Yeah. yeah. And usually it's it only goes up in price as fast as the market. Yeah. When the market <laughs> goes down, the machines take, you know, months to follow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how that works. Like, oh, we're still waiting for the new pricing to kick in. Hold, yeah, hold on. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's been like a week. Just come on. Drop it a little bit. It's like down the chain because they bought at a certain rate, so then they have right. to sell at a certain rate, and it's crazy. Well, what ends up happening? Like, yeah, everybody who's in Hong Kong or that area close to Bitmain just buys up a, all the pre-orders, and then they resell to the U.S. market around the world. Yeah. So, so they Bitmain is the like prime manufacturer of miners and yep. the Hardware. people all around there just buy them up and you have to buy them off the resellers you can't even like think of getting a contract with bitmain essentially you can get a contract with yeah. bitmain you have to be large though you have to be buying yeah. you have to buy like a minimum of like 100 it's like a yeah. minimum order quantity of like 100 miners per per order and i think so you this is the equivalent like your foot in the door to even right you already have to be connected orders. yeah so this is the equivalent of like a ps5 scalper but with machines yeah <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's either get it from the scalper or get it directly from like the company itself. From Sony. Yeah, from Sony. And you like Amazon buying them all and then reselling them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. It's like another company um, coming in. Is there any risk dealing with like I mean, I'm sure you guys have trusted sellers at this point, but like people getting into it with like I don't know, I guess this is a stupid question. Of course there's risk with buying anything secondhand, mm-hmm. but Scratch that. On to the next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shortage of risks. Yeah. So, Chris, do you have any more current events that are going on right now? Um, I mean, it looks like I do have this one. Coinbase CEO revealed company holds over $39 billion worth of Bitcoin. Damn. That's some of my Bitcoin because I still don't have my keys yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Working on it. That's and actually, know, yeah, wild. That's a lot. That's crazy. I know there was like some news going around this week of like Grayscale, the Bitcoin Trust, and whether they, you know, what what kind of reserves they had, and then Coinbase came out and said, and this is all unverified. Everybody, I don't I fact check this, but I just saw, you know, in the Twitterverse, they, Coinbase was vouching that they held a massive amount of of Grayscale's um, Bitcoin reserves. So, is like Coinbase much more than that? Is Coinbase backed by the SEC since they're publicly traded now? Your, I think the the um, are you talking about as far as like insuring like insuring your... the FDIC? So I think you are you are insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of your U.S. dollar that you hold on your Coinbase account, but 
Um, I don't believe that your crypto holdings are insured. But I do, last time I checked, Coinbase holds like 90, 95% of their crypto in like file cabinets and like vaults, like printed on paper. Um, so if you were like to hack the network or ha hack their platform, um, you wouldn't there get wouldn't it. be much there. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. It's like the it's like backing it all up on paper and the fire happens. It's like, oh, we got to back up in another factory. <laughs> oh, two, no. Two paper factories. Yeah. 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 Because they've uh, been, here's something. they've done really well. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, they've done really well in these bear markets. Like we haven't heard much about them, which has been good. Yeah. That was going to be my next question because it makes me worry that, because like I said, I don't have the keys and I still have everything in Coinbase. Like what would be the possibility of something like that happening with Coinbase? Because the difference here is, is, um, Coinbase, it's like got all their coins and stuff like that. But FTX and Binance, they weren't necessarily a place where you would buy and purchase coins. If I'm correct, you like the way that we had talked about on the last podcast, there are more tokens. No, you would you would go on there. No, to you, buy can, you can buy. Yeah, and so that it was, it's, it's the same similar. thing essentially as as a Coinbase or something yeah. or like a Binance or whatever the case. Um, I mean, if Coinbase were to completely do the same thing and like steal everyone's money, I can tell you probably what you had on your ledger is probably not going to be much after that. But <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned that anything is possible now in this space. So who, there's nothing certain so unless you, you have your own keys. So yeah, it's you even more important one. now than ever to, to keep your keys. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, I know what, what I'm, I'm saying is if, if that were to happen, what would be on your keys would then be little to nothing. Cause imagine if like all of the major online trading things of, yeah. or like the biggest one, Bitcoin would go down to like a dollar. Great buying opportunity for this. I was Black about to Friday. say, perfect buying. Yeah. Yeah. Great buying opportunity. Yeah. So. Well, then that's what they say. Capitalism forces innovation. So, like, wouldn't just another company come and step up and be like, "Oh, we're going to do this better," and like everybody can now come with us? Yeah, but then you run into the problem oh. of like almost like Darwinism. Like, how many times does this need to happen before people get the get the message that you need to hold your own keys? Mm -hmm. um, so, so what? Before Coinbase and FTX and Binance and all this stuff happened, like, because when did those companies come around? Probably around like 2014, 2013. Yeah, I'd say around then. Yeah. How, how old um, is FTX? I think they're like a couple years old. Yeah, FTX I don't even is think they were old. around like the last bear market. But before there, all of yeah. those, it was just people writing their wallets yeah. and printing out pieces of paper that had their wallet keys on it and just storing those away. And that's FTX all it was. was like you'd have a hard drive with a... Like when I bought Ripple, like, years ago, we I just had it on a hard drive with, like, it was, like, in a Google document as well as, like, a printed out yeah. pieces of paper with, like, all the stuff. Yeah. That was, like, how you had crypto back in the day. Because that was day, that was basically my my question, and we don't have to necessarily go to my segment quite yet. But when those companies started, did that have anything to do with those giant spikes up in Bitcoin itself? Because it made it just more user friendly to purchase and buy and trade the coins, or how did that like? What what is the correlation between these mega companies like Coinbase, Binance, FTX existing, 
and the actual price of the coin itself. So I think I think Coinbase had almost like a first mover advantage where there was a legitimate platform that you could go on the website and like look to see who was actually running the company instead of like these random companies that were, you know, headquartered in like Poland or or Malta or China. Um, and you can really find much about them. So I think Coinbase had a, a massive first mover advantage. Um, but I think the, the, we're saying is the, whenever there's a huge swing up or down, it's, it's going to, um, spike the, the trading volume as well. People are going to either going to sell or going to buy. And every time that happens, Coinbase is collecting fees on the transaction fees on, on all the buying and selling. Um, so I think it's almost like a business model where even bear or bull market, they're going to be making fees off of people buying on the up and then selling on the down or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But does those companies existing and like coming, coming to, you know, fruition affect the actual prices of it happening? Cause it's like, you know, FTX and Coinbase and not Coinbase, but you know, those companies go under the coin tanks. So mm -hmm. what is like, and that correlation is just because all that coin that was there is now not there, if I'm correct. People selling too because People they're selling, yeah. 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 Okay. But there was so. like um like uh back in the like you know, I go back to you know, the last I don't know, twenty fourteen or whatnot, but you know, Coinbase is one of the only places you can really buy stuff. And I remember, you know, Chris probably remembers too that like or in T Bone, but um there are all these rumors swirling like, oh, Ripple's gonna be gonna be listed on Coinbase. Everybody buy it, and so I think I think John, there's a there's an accessibility um, benefit to to being listed on yeah. something like Coinbase, or like it was literally like any time that there was like a Reddit post or something where like X Y Z is gonna be listed on Coinbase. Everybody go, and it, thinking it would just skyrocket because back in the day, like Coinbase has a ton of stuff listed on there now, but it was only Bitcoin for a while. And then I remember seeing Ether show up one day. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and then I think Litecoin was like the third thing. Um, but it, was, yeah, it wasn't this massive portfolio of, of things you could buy now. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think companies like Coinbase uh, make <clears throat> crypto investing more accessible. To, to like yeah, get notifications yeah. every day of new coins <laughs> yeah. added. Take now. There. It's like, they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was basically what I was asking. Because I think the, the accessibility point is just what made it easier for you know, everybody and their grandma to just hop on and start investing a little bit the same way that you would in like a stock portfolio or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there any more things that we want to talk about, about current events before we dive into today's subject? I'm trying to find an example picture of uh, like the printouts that people used to make. They used to like design them and stuff. I remember when I moved sure out of my you, you last job. Yeah, I had a, on my last job, I remember I was like cleaning stuff out. And I was like, found all these pieces of paper, like, oh, this is my Ripple ledger. This is my like, just like hanging out and like amongst like this pile of like random crap on my desk. And I was looking back, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, people just like come up and just scan it and it could be theirs. So, taking a better approach to it now. Yeah, and I mean, that approach to, I mean, yeah, with phones and naive. social media and stuff, but. but... The idea is you have that piece of paper locked away in a secure, non-accessible location, but it is crazy Not that like someone could just like, if it was just sitting on your desk, someone could just walk up, take their phone out, and literally. Hey, steal Alex, your where are your keys like, right now? In an undisclosed location, Norway. Nice try, John. 
Nice try. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Um, one of those uh those sovereign sovereign banks. Sovereign You gotta uh, tell Pulse someone in in case you die. If I'm That's dead, true. you guys will already be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well um real real quick, I have one more topic that just got written on NBC like an hour ago. It says New York governor signs a novel that limits crypto mining for now. Um and it's basically going into like they're seeing Texas and all the big facilities getting getting built and I think he's basically just like, whoa, chill. So New York's been interesting. Kinda the largest I mean, I'm sure New York like pushback to any type yeah. of mining. There's been so much more lobbying for blockchain in New York just because of how much New York is like against it. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of companies mm-hmm. have reached out to us to like help fund, you know. Um, Interesting. To push back on legislation. but It's great. And um, I was talking to some guy, he works for a publicly traded mining company that's in New York. And I was asking him how all that legislation was going. And he just said it was like a pain in the butt. And they have to buy um, and governments. I don't know if this is happening yet or whatnot, but he was talking about how you have to offset their carbon footprint by buying um, carbon credits um, mm. and just you have to jump through, through extra hoops. Um, they just have that they're, in, they're crypto. in California, I'm pretty sure, right? The whole carbon credit. Like Pro- oh, but yeah, probably, system. yeah. Probably. Yes. <clears throat> well, like being green, you can acquire them and then sell them to companies mm-hmm. like that are in California or New York that need to buy them from you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise wow. they get taxed. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what Elon, that's what Tesla does massively. Um, like they're able to sell off a ton of their carbon credits. They get so many incentives. True. Mm. I'm sure. Yeah. New York's Pretty first. Cool. I'm, su- I'm sure there's gonna be, I, I can see Washington, not being too far behind um, the state. And then basically any very blue state, you can, can really kind of forecast uh, additional legislation to be kind of hammered down. Dude, I was in New York a couple months ago, and I haven't been in quite some time. And that place is just the hive mind. Like, it's so busy and just like, gridded out like you just get like claustrophobic in all those buildings it's crazy i couldn't imagine living like just in one of those little windows you know it's like paying like six grand for it yeah (laughs) yeah no my my friends they uh they're they have a place right in like right in Times square because they work like right there for uh i think it's 600 square feet they're paying i think like 4800 a month or something Six. it's like a room i thought it was it's gonna be like more. a closet but it, yeah i think it might even be i think it's 400 square feet because it's okay like that makes... you open it up and it's like a bedroom and that's it but everything's in there it's wild 4800 baby for sure no thanks hmm. crazy jeez okay oh well, cool let's dive into um, today's segment How's everybody doing on time? I got 15. We can make it work. Make it work. 
Okay. So this is a segment called the dumb down downing segment where I basically just ask questions for the common man. Um, and today we're going to be going over what actually is the blockchain. So when I think of the blockchain, the it's, it's something I totally don't have a grasp on. It's like when I was explaining to Alex this morning, it's like, I know how a camera works and I can operate a camera, but I also know like the science behind it and exactly how it captures light and like what it does with it. But when it comes to the, like, but other people might just know, like you click this button and it takes a picture. So some people might be like, okay, well I buy this and I know it's stored on the blockchain, but like, how does that actually work? And like, what is the science and like the actual um, tech behind the blockchain in itself? Where does it live? What are the benefits of it? And, um, you know, just, just that overall encompassing thing. 15 minutes. Get all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the <laughs> most asked question off, hardest to answer question in the whole space pretty much, but, um, here, I would compare it to like a server. Like say it's like a Google server. They run a ton of different um, data processing, you know, facilities across the world to power their network in order that to store information to allow um, just sort of their their internet space, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would compare that to say the Bitcoin blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of servers, or there's one server, and there's a bunch of um, data processing facilities around the world, powering it to store information for a ledger, not like a, um, like a bunch of different websites, social medias, whatever it may be. It's more so based on peer-to-peer um, -peer transactions um, and a ledger-based system, if that makes sense. It's like a way of so recording transactions. It's all this infrastructure around just being able to maintain a ledger, just a mm -hmm. list of transactions that you know <laughs> that can't be altered or you know, it, it can't be altered in retrospect. Um, it can only be built upon. So you can't. Mm -hmm. So I guess the idea is, you know, it's it's tamper proof. It's so there's not possible to go back and change yeah, exactly. like right. the past. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there, yeah, there's, so there's fidelity in the data that it's recorded. And there's not just like one, like how you mentioned server, there's not just like one main Bitcoin server that's somewhere underground, you know, that, that all this is stored on. It's, it's a bunch of different servers that have all this information that's being passed back and forth simultaneously, all recording it in multiple different spots, if I'm correct. Yes, essentially. Yes. Well, I mean, essentially. In a way. So all the data processors are confirming it, right? All the mining mm -hmm. machines are confirming what's happening in different locations, but it's all happening on the same network. So there's mm -hmm. only, there would only be one server. Mm -hmm. um, it's supported by all these miners. Yeah, supported by the world. Worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, so then that ledger is, you know, it's solidified by the second, like every single time that there's a transaction, it's, it's solidified and it can't be moved or like changed. Yeah. So imagine, so it's good. So when we talk about blockchain, um, so a, you have this ledger that is all the blocks, all the transactions, all these transactions go into a box, a block. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so right now that's the, the ledger right now are all the blocks that have been added over since the inception of, you know, Bitcoin. Um, if you, so every 10 minutes, there's a new block added. So if, if we're all sending each other Bitcoin right now and somebody in, you know, Timbuktu is sending somebody in Italy, you know, Bitcoin, all these transactions around the world get bundled up into the same block. And then, you know, roughly every 10 minutes, um, whichever miner in the world uh, solves the algorithm has uh, gets to place the block on the ledger and update it. Um, and they were rewarded for doing so. Um, and then that's when the ledger is then updated again. Is And then the next block starts. And so it just keeps adding okay. and adding and adding. And so, so the blockchain is just a re recording of all the transactions every 10 minutes. Exactly. Um, so all the transactions get bundled up into, this, into that block. And then um, it's the, in the last transaction that goes into the block, the transaction ID, that's what the blocks ID is, the, ha the block hash. Um, so that's how you identify it. It's, it's like a, it's almost like a zip code. Somebody associated it to one time. And I thought that was great is, um, the hash of the block is the zip code. So it's only a couple numbers, but with it, but that number represents all these different addresses and all these different, all this different data, but it can be associated all back to that one zip code, that transaction hash. Um, so that was, that was it's cool. just a way of the... Trey, you can go. <laughs> go, go ahead with your thought. I was going to switch out to something else real quick. So it's basically just a way of solidifying information in a way that it can't be altered or changed, but the benefit to it is whatever one does it or whatever miner, you know, solves that 10 minute algorithm gets rewarded in Bitcoin. And then it, it that's when it solidifies. So why doesn't everything run off of like a blockchain system when it comes to the passing of information? I mean, we had talked about it in and in recently about like cancer research, how they were putting all that stuff on a blockchain. So therefore, like it can be everything we already know is solidified and you can go back and figure all that stuff out and easily access information. Why don't we use blockchain systems for things like city infrastructure or, you know, just other things like that? Because it sounds like a really good way to, to harness information that everybody already knows. So there's not really like a like a back and forth of like this way is better or that way is better. Is there a reason for that? Or reform the voting system of the U.S. Yeah. onto a blockchain method that is foolproof that and tamper-proof. That would make too much sense so, to do that. I, yeah. I think, I mean, I think you're hitting on it, John. It's like, we, you know, we're in the midst of like a digital renaissance. Um, and I think people like us are trying to open people's eyes of the capabilities of blockchain technology and the wide application it can have. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, like voting or hospital records or just just anything that could benefit from having a immutable record of transactions. They talk mm -hmm. about and how would that sorry that we're moving from web two to web three. Web two is like YouTube, Google, all the big um players in social media, whatever right now. And we're moving to web three, which is a lot more decentralized and not manipulated whatever um so the more we can spread that information i think we'll see more adoption like you're talking about john so where would that adoption start though would that start through like social media companies trying to like keep like i like how, like who would step forward and be like this is an educational 
thing that we can use in many different practices throughout our lives like how, how would that be integrated with other than crypto because crypto has such a uh, negative connotation depending on who you ask when it comes to like energy this and that and but how, how would how would you take the positives of something like the blockchain and, and integrate it into society every day without somebody immediately disregarding it because it has to do with crypto i think yeah, it's up to the actual companies themselves you know if you know if, just throwing it out there you know if FedEx, you know, wanted to record all their deliveries on the blockchain, you know, it'd probably stay, it would probably start in some sort of beta where they just test it out in a, in a localized setting. Um, and if there's, you know, proof, proof of concept or proof of scalability, then they would roll it out across the entire company. So I think, I think it's, I think it's more of which companies want to evolve with the times versus the other ones that get stuck in their ways. Um, so I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, you can bring a horse to water, we can't make it drink. So it's like the, the technology's out there, it's growing. If you want to get on board, mm -hmm. you know, now's the time okay. to- What would the incentives research. be for for a company to do that? Um, and, you know, obviously with like cancer research, it's great because all these doctors, you know, the Hippocratic Oath are like, oh, we want to fix this. We want to do this. This is a great way to do it. Like much better way to communicate. Obviously there's profit involved for when it comes to like developing new medicine and everything like that. But like- if FedEx were to do something like go to a blockchain system, like would what would be an incentive for companies to start moving in that direction, or like the voter system, like it again just comes down to the ledger and the tamper-proof ideology behind it. Of once it's put onto the blockchain or onto the ledger, <coughs> no one can tamper with it. So whether it's your medical records or something that someone would want to tamper with, like your voting choices it's on there and you can see exactly what went down when someone voted yes or no or whatever the case may be you know so it's all mm -hmm. recorded in a legitimate locked in like etched in stone digitally ledger mm -hmm. it's like, like um so, so like imagine like you know we keep talking about like medical records like imagine you know if you ever change doctors you know you have to like sign all this stuff to like have your medical records sent over and yeah. You know, if you post them in a documentary, then you have to kind of trust you or whatever. Um, so imagine if you just switch doctors and all of the medical records were held in a decentralized ledger and you can just show up to your new doctor, like do a thumbprint scan or enter in a key or something like that. And then they'll pull it all, up. All of your medical records are there. And then that way they know that you didn't, you know, fudge anything or um, that nothing was tampered with because they were able to get it directly from the source. And um, I feel like you're also... on this. I... Was it on this podcast where we were talking about the Chinese app that everyone uses over there that basically has all of that on there? I can't remember WeChat. what it's called. WeChat, yeah. Oh, were were we talking about that on here where it's like you can chat with everyone, but then it also has like your medical information, like all that, like everything. That just sounds like some sort I of no idea. government control type thing. Yeah, it's it definitely is. Meter, but, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but so. I think I, it's on, just I'm... mainly up to like developers and entrepreneurs coming in. This is a whole new space. A lot of people are leaving different tech companies to go into Web3 development, um, especially coming out of college. And so we're going to see a huge push into the industry from a lot of new developers, um, people wanting mass adoption. Okay. So, and I'm really emphasizing this on the dumbed down segment here. So, I'm like, my mind's turning with all this information, but 
you could almost equate it to something like, you know, you go on Wikipedia and you can read information about somebody and that information can be changed. But then there's also like past renditions of certain information, but the information is that you have, any common person has the ability to change that information. So basically with any systems that we have nowadays with like research or medical stuff like that, it would just be a more solidified version of making that basically impossible to change because it's, it's there and it's solidified. But then like, isn't there also like a lot of benefits that can come with it just from like data harvesting? Like you could see like, it's all public. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin, well, like, in relation to Bitcoin, I don't, in the case of like your medical records, you probably wouldn't that one, that on a yeah, public. Yeah, you wouldn't want that one yeah. public. But being able to go back and see what studies were done, what was found, and being able to like use that in a new study is kind of what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like being able. Yeah. To- well, just just for anything, and, and and mostly I'm coming down to like a, an accountability thing. Like if I was a CEO or something like that, and I was running some sort of health um, department, and I wanted to make sure that my doctors weren't over prescribing or under prescribing, or like there's a certain doctor that's doing this or that, like, or with maybe like law enforcement, like you always hear those stories of like, Oh, well, this police officer had like this many um, negative encounters in the past, or just like anything really. So it's just like, isn't wouldn't the blockchain just be a, a really well adapted system to just run data harvesting and just like really figure out what's going on all over the place all the time and reform your systems to make sure that, you know, you can, you can see everything and it's got like a, there's no like finding it because the spotlight's already shined on everything. Does that make sense at all? What I'm saying? Yeah. In a public ledger, then everything would be easily accessible. And that, you know, when we talk about companies adopting it, then it would be all proprietary data. So they would be able to do whatever they want with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like mostly just from an efficiency standpoint, like you really mm-hmm. want to make sure that your margins are as large as they can be and that you're not wasting anything and everything's as, as efficient as it possibly can be. So whatever business that you're in, w- wouldn't it just make sense to just have everything run off the blockchain for like a year and then be able to go back and like really run some sort of algorithm to figure out where your shortcomings are or where like you might be spending too much or losing? Like, is is that all? Is anything I'm saying making sense or no? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's hard to say just because you would have to figure out whatever the application is. But yeah, you'd have to like how they apply the data. Yeah, you know, we're not saying the blockchain is going to like improve your efficiency or whatever. But what it does do is create a immutable ledger of transactions that you can refer back to and that cannot be altered, but only can be added to. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can kind of do with the data with with whatever you want. So yeah, transaction storage. Yeah. But hmm. hey, you guys, I got to hop off. Okay. Um, Chris, thank you for joining us today. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. You, Chris. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time. You too. Hey, Bye, you guys. Bye. And then there were three. You guys see these sweet new J's I just got? Pretty sick. Add it to the blockchain, dude. Add it to the blockchain. Add that purchase to the blockchain. So, and then another thing too, what the blockchain is because it can't be altered. That's, that's because it's all public information. But what if there was, you know, something like health records or something like that, like that would all come down to the security of the company. Like there wouldn't be somebody who held your keys and could just change it. Or right. is that hypothetically possible? No. Cause so you're, t- so we're talking about, so the, the, the blockchain, a blockchain can be either be private or public. So in the case of like your medical records, it would probably be, it'd be private data um, that your private key could access or allow access for so mm-hmm. 
yeah it, it just goes back to like how broad of the application can be of blockchain technology so it doesn't have to be like one a one uh jordan size fits all shout out to t-bone's new shoes trey's just lacing up jordans right now yeah that's so funny yeah. um okay well yeah i'm just it just seems like it'd be a much more efficient way to have everything done and like you know where how to integrate that into today's society it's just something that will slowly happen over time i would assume we hope so too i do have some i do have another dumbed down question of just yeah. that i get asked a lot and um essentially just where does the dollar or where does the value come from within cryptocurrency or bitcoin for example um and essentially if i'm not mistaken it's what you were talking about on the reward of solving the equation on the blockchain from the miners correct is kind of yeah determinant on the price of it and that's where the value comes from because i i get i do get that a lot where people are like well yeah i, I get cryptocurrency but like where's the we're value done. in it it's all just it, it's, it's all backed digital. by the usd yeah so yeah so they're like uh, there's <clears throat> various ways you can look at the value of it you know we'll just keep talking about bitcoin specifically but you know you have the supply and demand of it where you're gonna have a finite amount of bitcoin you can't print more of it um so there's only gonna be 21 million ever of it um but then you also have to look at the network infrastructure where there's like billions and billions of dollars of you know mining facilities and mining equipment that's being you know in, in energy innovation that's been uh put toward you know, supporting the Bitcoin network in, in mining. So um, there's value in that. And then just the fact that you, by having Bitcoin, um, you have a store of value that you can take wherever in the world. Um, going back to, you know, the people who were fleeing Ukraine during the start of the war, a lot of them put, there was a lot of people that put their, you know, money in Bitcoin and, and, Ethereum when they cross the borders and um, you'll be able to find places that most likely will take Bitcoin over, you know, a collapsing Russian ruble or um, so, yeah, it, you know, there's there's various ways you can look at it, you know, where does it derive its value from? Uh, yeah. I think different people totally. will say that they value it in different ways. So, I mean, it also comes down to the even more dumbed down thing. It's like, why is gold valuable? Who was like, this is going to yeah. be a valuable thing because it's shiny. And then there's like limited of it and you have to go find it and people want it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell does that even mean? But nowadays we all know gold is worth something. So mm-hmm. like, I think it's only a matter of time until um, that happens with uh, yeah. crypto. I mean, it already has, but like to the common, common man. Um, I remember Alex you were you would talk to me about strike and i think it was brazil or el salvador or something who el was salvador yeah because because mm-hmm. they were having such a uh a collapse in their economy that everybody just started using strike and traded ethereum they made they made bitcoin official current legal tender there so it's, it's mm-hmm. become a actual currency there and a uh, company called strike um which i mean that's this is a topic for a different day but you know they use something called the lightning network which is layer two of bitcoin network um to be able to process bitcoin transactions you know in real time um or close to it but they so they're helping a um uh el salvador with the with the adoption um 
I think they gave like everybody in El Salvador like a hundred dollars or something for downloading the the strike app to to get the ball rolling on it. I got five dollars. Um, did you? No, nice. wait, I got fifty. No, I got fifty. Yeah, well, the, the the government of El Salvador like actually gave like additional money to to mm-hmm. any citizen that was like downloading it when they first made it official. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's but it's like at that point like it, it becomes a little more confusing because you know, say you've got a hundred dollars in strike like ethereum mm-hmm. um and you just, bitcoin. you know just just bitcoin just bitcoin so and then you take it you take a cab and your cab driver you pay him in that because they use strike as well like how would somebody in el salvador acquire more bitcoin if they don't have like the funding to like purchase it because their you know currency is shit like do they have to go exchange us into usd and then like, that's not gonna work either well i mean they get paid in their local currency and they just have to exchange it for you know bitcoin at the time mm-hmm. yeah okay so it's yeah stonks stonks transactions stonks. markets business business okay business. oh cool guys yeah. feel educated feel, educated. feel more educated feel smarter I definitely definitely open my eyes a little bit with the blockchain because now it's just it's it's annoying when good technologies don't get yeah. utilized. Trey, we're Hopefully you at home also feel more educated on the blockchain. Oh. Open your eyes. Um, okay. Well, does anybody have anything else? I don't think so. Um, if anyone watching that's still with us, thank you. If you have any questions that you want to ask, um, can drop them in the comments or dm us on the instagrams um but yeah again thank you guys for sticking around um this is the crypto cronies podcast and we'll be back at you with more crypto content hopefully next week start looking up. yeah next week oh. on crypto cronies podcast this week thanks everybody bye peace Thank <laughs> you.